Happy Friday, everyone. It is Steph Lee. It is 12 Central Time, and so this is the Friday 15. We have got a lot in store for you today. Um, uh, if you're watching on video, you can see the dogs are foraging in the background. They've been arguing with each other, so I've I've put out a bunch of Cheerios for them to chase around while I'm on the call, so we'll see if this works. Um, but, but before we jump into the questions, uh, one thing I wanted to call attention to is our annual travel agent survey is going on right now, which is super exciting. This is where we get a lot of data. If you've never seen our fee reports or our income um, reports, these are all great sources of information. And we get that from the travel agent survey. So we would love your help um, to take the survey. If you go to hostagencyreviews.com slash survey, it will take you there. Um, it is running through July 31st. We just opened it up. We want everyone to take it, whether you made any money last year or not, um, whether you're still in the business or not, please take it. Um, it gives us great insights. ASTA has used it for some of the lobbying efforts this past year on the Hill for the travel advisor community. So this data is incredibly important. Um, it Every year it's great to have, but especially during the pandemic, this is really important for us to gather this information. So that's my last little spiel for the survey, but I'll probably be talking about it every week until July 31st. So let's jump into our questions. Oh, we'll also put a link to it in the um, comments and in the description, so you don't even have to type it in. Our first question comes from Chelsea Capwell. Chelsea is saying, your Facebook page and site has a ton of helpful info. I hope you can help with the question I've been trying to find an answer to. Do you have, do any travel host agencies and consortia allow you to affiliate with companies outside their preferred suppliers? It seems like most are exclusive with who they allow you to work with. For example, they really only want you to work with vendors they have approved. Uh, great question, Chelsea. So technically, because you are an independent contractor, the the host agency and the consortia, because oftentimes, depending on how large your host agency is, your host may have their own separate list of preferred suppliers that very closely aligns with the consortiums, but is a little bit different. Um, but technically, because you're an IC, we talked about this last week, the independent contractor means they can't really tell you what to do and who to book. So they can suggest that you use the preferred suppliers. And there are a lot of reasons to use a preferred supplier. The main one being that these are properly vetted companies. So you know that when your client travels on them, if something goes wrong, you'll have a partner that will work with you to make things right. That's really the the big, big one, um, I would say, for using preferred suppliers. And we'll put a link to our article on preferred suppliers that goes over that a little bit more and talks about that relationship. We'll put that in the comments and in the description for you, Chelsea. But so they can't tell you what to do. Oops, dogs, the, looks like the uh, Cheerios ran out. Just a second. Okay, so the preferred suppliers, um, they can't tell you who to book because of the independent contractor. You want to make sure that they're not misclassifying you as an employee, because if they're telling you who you can book 
And if they're telling you other things, that leans you more towards an employee. And there's a lot of ramifications for a travel agency or a host agency that does that. We'll link to the IC misclassification article so you can learn about some of those misclassifications if you're interested in it. But um, I would say, I, I think the short answer to this is um, you can affiliate with suppliers outside that preferred supplier list and many travel agencies do. If they are on the ground, say somewhere maybe in Cancun and they met a really cool um, provider of tour operator services there, um, they might go ahead and use that if they feel comfortable, they've got the connections on the ground, um, an agent might use that instead of the preferred supplier for some reason, for certain situations. The hosts and consortia try to have their preferred supplier list pretty much hit everything you're looking for. So all the different parts of the, uh, the parts of the world, um, you know, from budget travelers to mid-level to your luxury clientele, they try to have a supplier that will work for, for you that's properly vetted. Um, but you don't have to use those. So if you feel comfortable, I would say the main thing to keep in mind is um, if you feel really, really comfortable with the supplier and know that your client's going to have a great experience, um, that they're financially sound and things like that, you can go ahead and use them. And next up, we have a question from Prince. So Prince is, he says, hi, my name is Prince. I'm planning to start my own traveling business here in the U.S., but my target location is Ghana uh, in West Africa. Since a lot of people want to visit Africa but are actually scared because they are new to the place and consider Africa to be dangerous for them. So this is how I want to conduct my travel agency. I will have people over here in Ghana waiting for my clients at the airport, take them to the hotel with our tour bus, and my workers will be with them everywhere um, to make sure they are safe. They will tour around the country, do things like they've never done before in their life, and I will make sure they have a spectacular experience in, in Ghana. And um, my trips will last for two weeks and we'll make sure they return to the country as safe as they left. So what do you think I should start from? What are the legal steps? I already set up my office and have people ready in Ghana. All I need now is how to start here in the US. So Prince, uh, congratulations on getting things set up. I have never been to Ghana myself. I did spend some time in Uganda for about six months or a year, um, a long time ago, but um, really enjoyed being in Africa, even though I was in East Africa. Uh, but for you, I think, you know, what you're looking to do doing these two week trips, it sounds like you already have the on the ground operators taken care of. Um, and with that, because you're choosing your own suppliers and you're going to be going direct with them, I would say it makes sense for you to get your own accreditation number. You can go with a host agency, but a host agency isn't going to offer the higher commission splits for you. Um, since you already have the on the ground connections, they're not gonna be offering any of the supplier connections for you. Um, so you could take a look at getting your own accreditation and we will link to our article on the different accreditation options for you. But along with getting your accreditation, there's a lot that needs to be done to get set up to legally sell travel in the US as a travel advisor. And what I would recommend you do is take our seven day setup, which we'll link to. And the seven day setup is essentially for seven days, you're going to get emails from us. And the first day it starts with things like, what is your niche? 
you already have your niche, so you can skip all that. But there's a lot of information. Then we'll talk about, okay, now you need to set up your business structure. What kind of business structure makes the most sense for you? Here's the pros and cons of a sole proprietor versus an LLC. Um, so we walk you through that day by day. It takes more than seven days. You just get seven days of emails, but it's going to take you longer than that. But we'll walk you through every step, including how to get your accreditation number and what's the right fit for you, Prince. So that's what I would recommend for you. Thank you for writing in. And um, I think you're going to have great success. There's so much potential there in terms of heritage travel or ancestry slash genealogy tours of people that are interested in kind of seeing where they came from now that all these DNA tests are out, in addition to people that maybe just want to visit Ghana. So let's see, let's move on to our last question. Um, before we do, though, if you have a question, we are running low on questions again. So please go ahead and go to uh, hostagencyreviews.com slash Friday15 and submit your question there. You can ask questions on what type of Cheerios that I'm feeding my dogs when I'm throwing them over my shoulder. Those of you that are listening on the podcast are really missing out because throughout this, I've been throwing Cheerios over my shoulder, trying to keep the dogs busy. Yeah. So, oops, they're right on cue. Here we go. Got to throw some more over there. All right. Um, so our last question is, what sort of travel agent training is out there for someone new? I'd like to become a travel agent, but I'm not sure how. Please help. That is a really broad question, and I'm going to answer it the best I can. So the first thing I will say is when you're saying you want to become a travel agent, they're kind of the road diverges from there. So you want to become a travel agent. And your first decision you need to make is do you want to become an employee? So working for somebody else at their agency, or do you want to start your own agency? Because those are two very separate paths you're going to be taking, even though both are selling travel. The first thing I would recommend that you take, whether or not you sign on as being an employee or starting your own agency, is we wrote up, um, we worked on a course with ASTA together. It's called the ASTA Roadmap to Becoming a Travel Advisor course. And I would take that because that gives you a wonderful lay of the land on it talks about how the travel industry is structured, who the different players are, how commissions are paid, um, why you want to use a preferred supplier. There's booking tips within there. It does not talk about how to get your agency started. So, but it's a great, um, I would say, primer for learning how the travel industry works. If you want to dip your toe in, see if this is for you, that Asta Roadmap course is fantastic for doing that. It's 240 pages. Um, and there's seven instructional videos within there, and there's a lot of resources beyond the 240 pages, hours and hours of like reading material. So I would say um, with that ASTA roadmap too, because we were helped co-create it with ASTA, um, we have a special promo code for our listeners, and that is HAR99. That means you can save $200. Normally it's $299. I'm so sorry. The dogs are just wild this uh, today. Um, normally it's $299 and it's $99 if you use the HAR99 code. <laughs> oh my gosh. They are like insane. Okay. So Astro Roadmap course is the first thing to do. 
kind of after that, after you've had this base primer, if you're still feeling like you need to maybe have some more hand holding or would like to learn things more in depth just about the industry in general, there's a lot of travel agent schools and certifications that are out there. And I'm going to um, share my screen and we'll jump over to host agency reviews again. And I'm just typing in the search bar up on the top, um, training, and that pulls up our travel agent training and education article. So Mary did this fantastic job of writing an amazingly thorough blog post on all the education and training opportunities that are out there for you. So the first thing is like, there's an area on travel agent schools. So a travel agent school, there's a lot of different ones out there. The costs vary um, hundreds of dollars. Usually you're gonna look um, up to thousands of dollars depending on what you're looking for. So that could be an option for you if you're feeling like you're needing a little bit more guidance and want to know things more in depth. After um, the travel agent schools, if you're feeling like you know the industry well enough, you wanna get into it, Next up is our um, seven-day setup course. Now, this is for if you are wanting to start your own agency. So the seven-day setup course, um, let me, I'm going to, it's up on our site. If you, well, actually, you know what? We're just going to type it in here, seven-day setup. So the number seven in day up in the search, and it'll pull up where you can sign up for it. It's free. There's seven days of emails that walk you through how to get set up on things. Like we talked about with Prince in the last one, um, it's a fabulous course and it's it's what you need to essentially get the bones of your business set up, uh, legally at least I should say. Um, so that is another kind of training opportunity that's out there for you. Um, there are also, and we'll go back to Mary's um, article really quick. Let me press the back button. So the, the other one kind of is now that you, if you've made the commitment, you want to keep going forward. Um, there are some travel agent certification programs out there. These are not necessary to become a travel advisor. And that's important to know. These are just certifications that different companies have <clears throat> come up with. So the, the main certifications that are out there is, um, we have the CLIA certification, which is the cruise lines. Um, it's focused on cruise lines. And then we also have like the Travel Institute has a certification program. And then ASTA has a certification program. So these are like different options for you um, out there, but you need to kind of have your agency set up or be ready, have some experience before you can start taking these. Oh my gosh, boys, hold on. They're gonna eat this whole, they're gonna eat the whole um, box of cereal before the end of this. All right, so uh, the last thing I'll say is once you get your agency started, um, there is still, so a lot of this training that we're looking at, some of it will be focused on sales and things like that, but it's not a strong focus. Um, the certifications, they can be like the CLIA for instance, CLIA certifications are really focused on learning the cruise industry, experiencing what it's like to go on a cruise. Um, and it doesn't touch anything on if you want someone that wants to go to Europe and do some kind of an FIT tour or if someone wants to do a group travel. Um, so 
I would go ahead and after you signed on with either your agency is set up or you employed, there's also like, if your employer isn't providing you a lot of training opportunities, there are zillions of free trainings through um, the consortia that your travel agency will belong with or host agency if they're hosted. Um, there's supplier trainings. Everyone wants you to learn their products. So they'll all have special tra training portals for travel advisors. The destinations will have training for you on the destination. The countries will have, um, you know, the city, the country level. There's a lot of different training opportunities for you to learn the products. Um, so that's one side of learning once you become a travel advisor. The other side is you can know the product super, super well, but if you don't actually know how to do sales, that's going to be problematic because you're not going to be making sales. So if you're finding that your business is struggling or your sales is struggling, there's a lot of business and sales coaches within the travel industry, um, and they're also listed. So each of these articles that on Mary's main article about travel agent training and education, like this business and sales coach, if I click on it, it has a list of kind of some of the business and sales coaches that are out there. Um, so every kind of umbrella training that I talked about during this is something that you can click on and learn a lot more and have a lot more opportunities um, to learn what kind of travel schools are out there, learn more about the CLIA, ASTA certifications, things like that. So I hope that helped answer your questions. I'm sorry that the dogs were so wild this week. I'm I'm not sure what's going on. I think they've got cabin fever. It's been like 100 degrees here in Minnesota the past week. And so they're, they haven't been out as much. I think that's the problem. So that is all for today. Thank you for joining me on your Friday afternoon. I am wishing you the most wonderful weekend because I am going to have a weekend full of fun. And I hope you do too. And we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us.